Hello there. Welcome back to Chat Shit, Get Fit, Is It Bad For You? This is the series where we explore a wide range of things in the health and fitness industry, diving into the latest and greatest scientific research and our own thoughts to come to a pretty solid conclusion to if something is indeed bad for you. This week, we go after the Germans in more ways than one, as you'll find out, and we are probably going to get cancelled. But yes, we look at German volume training and basically why most of you probably shouldn't be doing it. We also look at overall training volume, seeing if more does always mean better. Uh, And yeah, we do look at this from an individual gym session volume point of view and overall training volume. And we do answer that burning question, when should you increase or decrease your training volume? And remember, it's all just jokes. Relax. It's all good fun here. All good banter. Nobody needs to get upset or offended. So yeah, let's get into this week's episode. Good evening, Tom. Good evening, mate. How are we doing? Fantastic. We are back. Just you and me. Ready for... I know, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Me, you and your faults. What? And just your thoughts. <laughs> just my it? thoughts. All oh, right. Well, that's a, yeah. That's a bit deep, isn't it? Well, it is a bit, you know. Deep for Thursday. I, I, I've, heard, I've heard a rumor that apparently uh, I'm actually just your imaginary friend. Uh, okay, we're going, we're going there, are we? Yeah. So if you're a regular listener, you'll be aware that I think it was last week or the week before I made a comment that suggested Tom was maybe not real. Um, this is not. This is not something that I've said. This is something that a, a listener has actually said and actually uh, sent in turn that they reckon that Tom's not real. So if you're not aware, I've actually got a, uh, a YouTube channel for Train Primal where I, I do have a few characters. Um, and basically, this person's seen those and has now, has now just put two and two together and thinks, I've made Tom a character. Um, what is your response to this wild accusation, Tom? Hello? No, I'm still here. I was going to throw you under the bus. <laughs> I was going to just, I was just going to stay quiet and not say anything because it's almost like uh, you ever seen Fight Club with Tyler Durden when he finally yeah, yeah. realizes that it was his imaginary friend. Yeah, suddenly, yeah. the magic just stops. Just stops. Yeah, the voice has got. So, where you've now admitted to yourself that I am in fact not real, yeah. that I am an imaginary friend, I, I now cease to exist. Okay, then. So this week it's going to be just me. Um... <laughs> and your faults, and which thoughts. includes me. I oh, see. I can see. We. I see. That your, your previous comments all make sense now. We've gone full circle. I see what we've done there. Where are we? I'm always with you, Bill. <laughs> oh God, it's getting <laughs> fucking really weird. Isn't it? Um, but we are going to actually. You know what, Tom? We'll do is we're actually out together this weekend, aren't we? Um, we are indeed. Recording. So what we do is we get a photo. Um, <laughs> you know, it's going to be really awkward if like, it's going to be like fucking you know Dracula where you take a photo and it's just you with your arm around open space <laughs> <laughs> yeah I gotta say like a vampire in a mirror I'm just not there you're just there by yourself I feel like we've two photos now one of us actually <laughs> together and one of us uh, one of you disappeared and we're going to be in our fucking Hawaiian shirts as well aren't we brilliant I, I'll be honest with you whoever has told you that I think they're just they're more in fear that I do actually exist <laughs> the like, they can't they can't fathom the thought that someone like me actually exists because pe- people people are afraid of what they don't understand. Yeah, people, right. Yeah, I, I completely you know. agree, mate. And to be honest with you, if I knew that I existed, which I don't, by the way, mm. then, you know, I'd be scared, which I'm not because I'm not real. And if we go back to full circle, birds not being real, this is where it all started. Mm. First, it was the birds. I've broken the AI. <laughs> You've broken the AI, God's sake. Uh, well... Let's get into this week's episode. Now, this is the... It's finally going to happen. What? We're finally going to talk about it. The elephant in the room. What's We're going to talk about the Germans. Oh, the Germans. Yeah, of course. The- yeah, we've made a few comments about Germans. I don't think we've got the that Germans. many... We've not got that many German listeners, so I feel like we can go a bit more rogue with this one. Um, Thank God. I think I think we'll be okay. But yeah, so this is... We've got this episode, and then I think there's going to be one more of the Is It Bad For You series, and then this series will be over. So, yeah, wipe your tears away. We will, we will have another series, don't worry. Um, but just, just to clarify, <laughs> this isn't a series on Is It Bad For You, Germans. Yeah, Germans. Yeah, yeah. Context here. I, I mean, I don't know, like, in, in the 30s and 40s, yeah, maybe they were bad. Like, I don't know. Yeah, depend, depending on your... Uh, you know, your religious viewpoints, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah religious viewpoints. Yeah, let's get rolling quickly because we're <laughs> yeah. deteriorating rapid here. <laughs> it's about to kick right off, isn't it? Um, so is it bad for you? Not Germans. Uh, high volume training. Um, so we're looking at things like failure and, and German volume training is where Tom was kind of getting to when he said Germans because that's the big one when it comes to high volume. Because uh, there's two contexts, really. What we mean by the title is you've got high you've got high volume as in overall volume, so your total training volume, but then you've got total uh, session volume, so the volume you do per session in the gym basically how much you actually do work wise uh so in a traditional sense like when um i think of volume 
because my mind instantly biases towards weight training, I think of reps and sets. Mm. Yeah, okay. So if I was doing other, if I was an absolute nutcase and I did like 20 sets of bicep curls in one session, that is a ridiculously high amount of volume. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But obviously you've also got other things where we talk, consider volume, so like running, etc. So doing a lot of miles can be volume or, and volume is, is subjective in a lot of ways because for one person it might be the, a lot of volume, for another person it might be low volume. Yeah, I think it's all that question, is it? Certain volume will work different for certain goals. Like if and you're training uh, ages as well. Yeah, exactly. If you're a, if you're an average, you know, gem pop gym goer, your volume won't necessarily have to be as high as a top level athlete who is trying yeah. to win a competition. For example, the time they're recording of the, this podcast, CrossFit Games is on. Those athletes, the volume they're doing to prepare for the CrossFit Games is fucking outrageous because the volume they're expected to do. Yeah. Once again, this comes down to dosage, doesn't it? I know it's like a bit of a horrible analogy to use here, but when we think about alcohol, you know, if you was a very heavy drinker, you know, just a, a single beer is not going to affect you that much because you're used to it, you're adapted to it. However, if you're like me, where I rarely drink, if I have like half a shandy, oh, yes. I oh, am yes. going to be setting fire to police cars. Stand by for Saturday. Um, <laughs> but- not, not a police car, that didn't happen in this country. Moving swiftly on, um, so the reason we talk about this is because volume, whether it's said overall or in a session, it's going to be really important because if we're not monitoring it and if we're not really optimizing our volume, we do run the risk of overtraining or undertraining. Okay, which is you know an overtraining. When I say overtraining, I mean things like, as I love to say anyway, junk volume, um, which mm-hmm. is a, which is a big thing. So we're looking at th- we've, we mentioned general volume training, right? So. That's kind of like the big one. We are going to talk about it quite a bit specifically. Uh, but obviously, there's that's not the only exclusive sort of high volume you can do in a session. That just yeah. seems to be the, the most popular one to go for. I mean, it's still taught in your PT level three, um, which yeah, is an example. Is. But just a point to note for them, because I know we do hammer into the level three. Some, but it's, it's, it's taught as an advanced training system, which we are going to come on to. And that's where people, I think, don't understand the word advanced, yeah. maybe. <laughs> and uh, just to like summarize it, the traditional idea of a German volume training is 10 times 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 10 So technically, it's it's 100 repetitions of a single exercise in a session. So it wouldn't be old German volume training by doing 5 times 10 on bench press and 5 times 10 on dumbbell press. It would just be like one big exercise. But that's traditionally what we mean when we say German volume training, mm-hmm. 10 sets of 10. And we did actually do an Instagram poll on this, Tom. I asked people on our Instagram, do they like it? Do they find it useful? You know, what do they think basically of, of German volume training? And the results were 50 50, which is surprising. So, yeah, 50 50 results there, which is if all those people listen to this podcast, maybe there's going to be some uh, thoughts that are Yeah, refined. that's actually, uh, admittedly, that's a surprise to me. Hmm. That is a surprise to me. I would have thought a lot of people would have uh, not been keen on it. But then again, Bill, I know your lot, CrossFitters and German. You, you, you keep you saying all it. like your high volume, high intensity. <laughs> what do you mean, Germans? Yeah, German CrossFitters. What have I got? This is the podcast. I say this every fucking week, Tom. The podcast Instagram, not my personal Instagram. God, I bet they are like super elite, those German CrossFitters. When they was talking about the uber humans, that would be it. Like these, you know, blonde haired, blue eyed CrossFitters. I cannot we're absolutely attacking the Germans this week, aren't we? Oh my God. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on from the uh, revolver. It's polls. all banter. It's fine. It's fine. They get our beach towels in the morning and, you know, we just get to make fun of them on a podcast. It's oh, fine. mate, I literally said that proper bad 50-50. Then. Guess what I was about to say. Oh, God. Guess what I was about to no, say. Carry on. <laughs> I mean, to defend people that have said 50-50 on the poll, it is, it's a well-known established training system, so it doesn't surprise me. Um, and we are going to go into the data. Kind of, There's quite a lot of reason there in this, but I do want to start with some caveats to this because volume is something that is very personalised. We've already touched on, um, you know, individual volume needs are going to vary considerably um and what we do find is that by personalizing volume to each individual because there's going to be other stuff we're going to talk about later on that affects this it's going to produce better results than a one-size-fits-all prescription for example getting the data basing your program off that data might not be as optimal so i actually i've actually coined this i'm pretty sure i'm the person that coined this just throwing that out there or i might be wrong i might have read it somewhere and just assumed how i made it up but i call it the goldilocks the Goldilocks effect where like um, when in regards to what is the right dosage the right amount of volume because we've got a high heterogeneity and we're all different we have different training goals different genetics and we respond differently different yeah stresses and you know training age it's like for you too little volume is going to be too low to adapt properly too high volume 
is going to be too fatiguing for you to continue training or adapt properly and it'll affect your recovery. So we need to find just that little balance just right. Yeah. Quite a Goldilocks effect. Goldilocks yeah, effect Goldilocks Goldilocks effects effect. and I think it's a really good way of doing it Tom like the, the research provides us with, I think with a good starting point as we'll go into but it's when you need to sort of have that self-experimentation with yourself and with yeah. your trainers um, to sort of optimise that training um, and you might even find that you need to do less for example if you're feeling that you're mm. fucked all the time there's no harm really in reducing your volume even if the data says oh no you need to do this much to get gains well if you're feeling fucked and you're not recovering properly yeah. there's no harm in lowering your volume to that so yeah it's, it's got to be personalised I mean just remember when we look at studies we look at like a certain dose response relationships there's a guideline mm. but it is a guideline we all react differently I mean, when you look at these studies, you'll see that it isn't always completely linear with like, oh, everyone here responded in this particular rep range compared to these people. We can have a look at like the forest plot and say that, oh, actually for most people, this amount of volume is better for them. Mm. But it's not to say that the heterogeneity meant that, well, actually, no, these people responded better to higher volumes or these people responded to lower volumes because we're yeah. all different. Yeah, we're all different, exactly. So if I rewind back to that statement, I was saying about personalised training volume tends to produce better results than sort of one-size-fits-all prescriptions. Um, well, it's pretty obvious that bespoke stuff's going to be better anyway, but you know we are evidence-based, so we are going to move on to some data, Tom. And we actually got a paper here that was published in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning, and it was this year, actually, so it's really recent. And this was muscle hypertrophy response is affected by previous resistance training volume in trained individuals, which is quite important, and Scarpelli et al. And basically what this paper found was is that when assigning training volume, it is better to focus on gradually increasing volume from you know the, the the athlete's current baseline rather than simply jumping to a level of volume that is ideal on paper for that as some said the forest you know that the average person um, and that's basically this is a paper is a good example of why you can't just take data and apply it to everyone and anyone yeah essentially 100 percent um but yeah that that paper goes to show and I would, even if I had not seen that paper, it's something I would agree yeah, with just, anyway. And that yeah. is just starting off at your baseline mm-hmm. and gradually increasing. Don't just go straight into, oh, this paper says I should be doing this much. Boom, go straight into it. I mean, I've got like a general rule of thumb anyway. It is mentioned in a paper somewhere. It might actually be that paper. I cannot remember. But basically, if you want to, if you stop seeing progress with your current baseline and there's just no progress, mm-hmm. Add 20% on top of that volume, mm-hmm. whether it be a set or distance or whatever. Yeah. You know, just add 20% and then go from there and then give it time, see if that changes, let, you know, time do its thing. But basically, whenever you hit a plateau, add 20%, or obviously if it's due to fatigue and scale it back a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, 20% increase in volume seems to be fine. Yeah, so this, this that, that is a good paper to sort of solidify that point there. Uh, and the issue that we have, as we're about to go on to it anyway, is starting at your baseline. German volume training, for example, which you're about to touch on, if you jump straight to that, that is probably way above your baseline if you're a beginner yeah. because of the amount of volume there. Um, so if we do go back to the beginning and look at what the research says in terms of do certain approaches even make sense, uh, we'll probably go straight in with GVT then, so German volume training. Uh, I mean, what, what's been our experience of it, Tom? What would you say? What's been your experience of doing oh, German volume God, training? I was hoping you wouldn't ask me this because, <laughs> God, yeah. I'm embarrassed now. Um so funny enough, Bill, you know how you mentioned like how they still teach it as like an advanced training system? Yeah, yeah. When I graduated as a PT and I thought I was shit hot, I actually put some of my beginner clients onto GVT. You fucking hot, you barbarian. And wondered why they weren't coming back to me. Yeah, because they pretty can fucking walk. Or why they were having to cancel sessions. So fuck. Um, and to be honest with you, I've also done it myself in the yeah, past. And yeah, same kind of thing. Like I've got to like maybe set six and it's like, I've, I've, I'm either now shaving, rep shaving, I'm cutting off reps because I can't do it, I'm too fatigued, or I've had to lower the weight. So actually, what's the point? Because I've started off on like a decent weight here, but I've had to cut off the weight in the first place. Well, mate, if you, you look know, at the if you look at like the new charts now for like German volume training on like the level three or something, for example, they don't expect you to finish it now. They've even got to a point where they even know that people yeah. don't finish. It's like, well, what's the fucking point? Like, it's the idea is that you're supposed to. Most people won't finish 10 by 10 at the full weight yeah. or the full reps. They'll, they'll start lower and then over the weeks, they're supposed to add more on is basically what's it, supposed in, to happen. From that viewpoint, it's like they almost expect you to just do RP10 as a default. Yeah, because you're going to failure. Straight like, away. You, if you're having to drop reps off, because you're basically going to failure each each round basically yeah. and then lowering after each one. Which isn't necessarily useless, but if it's like, oh, that's going to be your training every week now, you know, German volume training, you're pretty much saying, okay, yeah, we expect you to be failing every session. Not a beginner. Which, from my viewpoint, from anyone, to be honest with you, yeah. it's absolutely, I think it's very useful to go to failure mm. sometimes, but not every session where you're actually trying to recover, you know. 
I have clients purposely go to failure sometimes, but it's context dependent. It's not something where it's like, as a default, your standard training session is just going to failure all the time. I wouldn't have that. I need to put it to context because I always say this everyone, not even just beginners. Like I've done it before where I can't remember when it was. It was a good, a good few years ago now because obviously I'm, uh, I've ascended to higher planes of uh, intelligence now, <laughs> clearly. Um, but uh, I was doing a front squat GVT session. And Fuck. At, this Fuck point, that. at this point, I was trained, right? I wasn't like a beginner, but I tell you what, mate, for the next week, I, I think it was five, six days, I could not fucking walk. Sitting down was emotional. Going down the stairs was a fucking it was like I'm running a marathon it took me about half an hour to get up you know downstairs and uh, it wasn't very pleasant back squat would be bad enough yeah. doing German volume training but a front squat where you're loading yourself like oh my quads mate with, with the bar in front of you yeah stop like, that my I was in so much pain I, I would imagine that if you would have sneezed you would have exploded I can't remember what the percentage was. I'm sure the percentage was something outrageous. So I think it was like 70%. Ah, that's another point actually we should have brought up. But in regards to the intensity of what weight do I put on for German volume training, it is quite a, it's considered to be a low load. So it's 60% like percent starting. Yeah, 60% starting, yeah. Um, 70% is a lot, mate. Yeah, it was a lot, yeah. That's a lot. In fact, I remember one of the reasons why Athlean, uh X actually got a... Uh, criticised a long time ago is one of these training programs had high volume in it and it was expected to be at 80% <laughs> I, I see it's like yeah no I saw that I saw, you would yeah. fucking die if you did that yeah I read the forums about that I'm sure it was 10 by 10 I'm sure it was German volume training was it 10 by 10 I didn't, I didn't want to yeah. say it in case I was wrong but I no, know I that it was, it was high volume yeah I remember it would the, not surprise me at all. Yeah, there, was a, there was a forum about it and there, 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 people were just like is this guy a fucking maniac like who's doing that but um, do you know what like I just want to confirm like it's kind of going back to what I said earlier, and that is we're talking about this being all for the same exercise. So actually, I don't think there's anything inherently bad about doing 10 sets on just the chest. Doing like 10, 10 sets of a push movement or, or a lower body movement or 10 sets of doing some form of uh, pull movement, like a like a back exercise. But that's if the exercises were broken up. So, okay, you're doing 10 sets for the muscle group, but you're breaking down to different exercises and loading the body in different ways. I could go and do like five sets of bench press, but then I might go and do three sets of, I don't know, I don't fucking know, I, don't know. I might go and do three sets of um, pec flies, you mm. know, and I might go do an extra two sets of, I don't know, front raises for whatever reason, not an exercise I really like, but you know. So I'm working very similar muscle groups here or same muscle groups or linked muscle groups. I'm still doing my 10 sets, but they're broken down to separate exercises. And you get people that do chest days anyway. They go on to like flat bench, then do incline, and then go and do some isolation work. I think that's okay. I think it's right, yeah, as long as you're not kicking the ass out of it. But when it's the same exercise and you're loading yourself in that exact same position for so long, yeah, fatigue sets in rapid. So just sort of go over what you just said there, Tom. I actually had data. I was just literally looking while you were talking there. It was about, um, I did a video called Are You Training Hard Enough on the Train Problem YouTube? And when I was looking at the data on that, it was basically suggested that 10 plus sets per muscle group per week is a good good amount of volume yeah. there, kind of overall for, for most based on the data, which kind of says what you said. That the difference is if you saw that 10 per week and you thought, oh, I'll do all 10, you know, GVT, it's like, well, no, as you yes. said, it's about spitting out. You wouldn't, do, you could split that up yeah. into different. You could do four sets of that, four sets of that, or three, three, whatever you know. Yeah. Different, different, same and, muscle group, um, but different movements essentially. E- exactly that, mate. Because then you get to take stress off certain parts. Mm-hmm. You know, doing that specific movement. Yeah. Instead, you get to load in a different way. Yeah. Um, and I might be jumping the gun here as well, but you know, okay, you might want to do your ten sets throughout the week. And if you're beginning, you might want to spread your ten sets throughout the week instead. So if you train train twice a week, you might do. Five sets of bench press on one on five day by five, a. classic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Mark five, five. Yeah, I used to do that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I might go and do another five sets a couple of days later. You know, day B. I think a point that we haven't mentioned to as well is the rest times of GVT is significantly less. Oh than my more. God, sixty seconds. That's another thing. You get a minute's rest. It's outrageous. So let's go back to the beginning here. <laughs> That's on my uh, VHS rewinding sound effect. Uh, but yeah, 10 sets of 10 reps at 60% intensity usually for 60 seconds rest. That is fucking nuts. That's ridiculous. And now that I've remembered the rest periods, I'm now imagining you doing your front squats and mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm a Gas the fuck, mate. Honestly, it was. <laughs> I'm gassed thinking about it. I I literally had no idea what I was doing. I'm sure, I don't know what I was following, what program I was following at that time, but. I think I did it on bench press and I think I actually ended up getting stapled by the bar. 
And this was when I was in my home gym, so I had no spotter. <laughs> Mate, when I first started getting into CrossFit, I remember it was, um, I did a session. It was like a strength session, but it was, it was ridiculous. It was, uh, we did, we did GVT, but it was with bench and row, cable row. Fuck oh God, me. Yeah. That was, uh, that was emotional. I've done Big it as well. juicy movements. I've, I've done it with pull-ups and dips. Ooh. I bet that was fun, though. <laughs> it's, it's a good combo. It's a really good combo, that, but 10 yeah. by 10, mate, it's like, Jesus, it's, it's hard work. Pull-ups and dips is a favourite superset of mine, but not for 10 times yeah. 10. <laughs> with a minute rest in between. <laughs> with a minute rest, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, no. I, to, I definitely not had to scale. Definitely had to scale that. That was uh, that was hard work. <laughs> um, anyway, so anecdotes aside with uh, GVT, the question really is, is it actually worth doing? We've kind of hinted already that it's potentially not, but we do have a paper here to sort of uh, add to our points, and that is the effects of a modified German volume training program yeah. on muscular hypertrophy and strength. So this study compared 10 sets of 10 versus 5 sets of 10 for 6 weeks. Uh, and the points to really take away from this study is that muscle thickness changes were not different between groups. The 5-set group actually had a greater increase in strength than the 10-set group, uh, and then some changes in body composition did seem to favour the five-set group as well. So basically overall in this paper, the five-set group seems to be more superior to 10. Um, and the reason for the strength one, because um, I know that's going to be a question people are asking, why is this potentially happen? I reckon it's recovery, mate. People, yeah. people are actually, if you're doing too much volume, you're just damaging the muscle too much and you're not, you're not recovering properly from it. You're not going to, you're not going to see the benefits. Once again, comes down to that Goldilocks effect. And the thing is, it's like, uh, we talk about that allostatic load, which I think we've mentioned before, but like, at the end of the day, we get stronger and we build muscle when we recover. So obviously the training is what creates the stimulus, but it's the recovery where the changes actually happen. But the problem is it's it's about finding that balance. We want to be able to recover more than the actual fatigue we accumulate through training. Yeah. So if we accumulate the right fatigue, we can recover over that. But if we're constantly getting that level of fatigue well over our recovery, well, one, it's just harder to get stronger and grow muscle from, but also it could affect our the rest of our training throughout the week. You know, and I think we've all had that, haven't we, where we've gone balls to the wall mm. or we've had some other form of like um, external stress. We've gone to the gym and we've just not felt it or things have just felt like shit or we've not lifted the amount we used to lift or the reps. Mm. So, yeah, it's about finding that balance where we don't let the fatigue, we, we don't accumulate too much fatigue compared to our recovery levels. Yeah, and that... That's another thing I like to talk about with junk volume. When I, when, I, when I talk about that, people sometimes assume that I mean doing too much in the gym, but junk volume can also be going to the gym when you're not in a position to do Like if you're not recovered, if you've got all this other stress, you're not in a good you know, mindset, your body feeling tired, go and then doing a session. Some people say, oh, it's better than doing nothing. It's like, well, it could be just junk volume because you're not actually getting anything out of it because you're already beaten up. You're already super sore. You're not in the headspace. You're essentially not going to mm. gain anything from that session because you're not recovered from the previous session. I mean, I think you could probably still mitigate that fatigue though by kind of going up from like a an RPE or reps in reserve like a point of view so and kind of going to the mindset of like being process driven instead of like objective driven so don't go in there for saying like I have to hit what I hit last week on this particular movement it's like Joe I know I'm stressed I know I'm like feeling fucked I'm underfed or I'm underslept etc but I'm just here to do the movement at hit like a certain RPE, if I have to cut it off at a certain RPE, even if like, I'm so fucked that I want to just train to RP6, go for RP6. I think that's where auto-regulation comes in quite yeah, a lot. exactly that. Some people really struggle with that, that auto-regulation piece and the kind of like... I think we all do, like I yeah, do. Yeah, I think to a degree. You know, and I preach it. I think what you're saying is right there. Um, if you are in that position, as I said, yeah, you could go do something, but just be fully aware of the situation and don't expect yeah. going with high expectations of what you can actually perform. Yeah. If like you're, do you know what exactly that? I would have just changed the word in a little bit. And that is just that you could still go in and train, mm. but just be process driven. Don't kick yourself if like uh, what usually feels like a warm up weight is suddenly your max on that day. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Trains within RPE and just let time do its thing so you can get rebalance that allostatic load and let yeah. things just simmer down yeah that ice cream van. the ice cream van was that the ice cream <laughs> I think van I that was mate Is that come from me wait that's that's your fault Spill that was you that weren't me fucking ice cream that was man. definitely you fucking hell doing the podcast ice cream here. van's not been round here since fuck's that fuck's sake since that sh- what what do you mean that shit what are you on about now oh fuck you didn't shit those Jehovah's Witnesses did you 
No, nah, not this time. No. Not this time. That was definitely you, though. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely the ice cream bag cut down there. Yeah, it could be you. You have an imaginary friend has his own thing tune. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get a sign outside, mate. Podcast and in session. Keep the fucking noise down. <laughs> or at least been a Solero. Yeah, bring it down. Yeah, fuck me, I could do one actually. Yeah. Balling. <laughs> anyway, where was I? Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll move on. Um, ice creams aside. <laughs> Put the Solero in the back pocket. Uh, so... Stick first, not ice cream first. If what? you put it in your back pocket. Stick for, yeah, stick first. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. just clarify. We're evidence-based okay. podcast. Evidence, evidence-based. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Evidence-based. Love it. Right, anyway. Uh, speaking of evidence, we'll move on to this uh, next paper. So this, this uh, that paper we just spoke about there, which suggested, you know, five sets of 10 is better than 10 sets of 10. They actually had a bit of a follow-up from the same researchers. Mm. Uh, this one was called Effects of a 12-Week Modified Gym Volume Training Program on Muscle Strength and Hypertrophy, a pilot study. So basically, this one's longer. Because obviously the last one was six weeks. This one's now 12 weeks, which is better. You do something for longer, you can obviously see you know, how it affects over time. Um, so the points to note on this one is there was no significant differences between groups based upon the main statistical analysis. However, leg lean mass decreased in the 10-set group from week 6 to 12 with no change in the 5-set group at any time point. Over the 12 weeks, bench press strength increased in the 5-set group, but not in the 10 set group and i feel like that's essentially we're just gonna have to echo we're basically echoing what we said earlier about the recovery yeah. thing isn't it again i mean that's good because obviously that shows you direct uh, results from like a muscle growth point of view mm-hmm. which is one of the main reasons in my anecdotal experience as to why people do gbt german mm-hmm. volume training they do it because, oh i don't care about strength i just care about endurance and uh growing my muscles like from straight away i'd expect strength to suffer mm-hmm because of the low rest periods at least and the high amount of volume but it goes to show you that it's exactly the title of this like uh pretty much this this paper and that is like more doesn't always equal more do you know what i mean sometimes less equals more yeah well in this case fucking leg lean mass decreased <laughs> by yeah, exactly. the, the opposite of what they actually want people want to fucking do there so it's like jesus yeah i mean it means you could still do your 10 sets in the week if you're like a beginner so to speak but just break it up into different frequencies. So frequencies mean how many times a week you train. Yeah, so you might break it up into Monday and Wednesday. And there you go, there's your 10 sets done throughout the week. We'll move on to another paper, though, because I'm fully aware those two papers were from the same researchers. You might be like, oh, they're just fucking biased. They, they've got a vendetta against GVT, fucking blah, blah, and blah. Germans, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Germans, yeah. And Germans, fuck's sake, right. They weren't done by, hang on, was one of them done by Brad Schofield? Was I was that, just was about to say. I don't yeah. think it was. No, no, no. He's not actually one. German, by the way. I just say he looks No, he's not. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he looks German, doesn't he? He, he just screamed German, doesn't he? he? He looks like one of the villains from Die Hard. Yeah, if you don't know who he is, guys, give him a Google. Um, you're not what we're talking about. <laughs> you should do by now if you listen to our podcast. You're missing out on some glorious scientific data here. Some grade A German. From a real American. Uh, so we've got another paper here then. This one is not like GVT, but it's, it's similar in terms of the, the volume, the high volume. So this is the comparison of the recovery response from high intensity and high volume resistance exercise in trained men. So once again, trained, really important. Um, and this paper essentially found that in the short term, eight sets of 10 at 70% of 1RM will produce a large level of fatigue that will suppress strength for at least 72 hours, but to a larger degree anyway, than performing eight sets of three at 90% of 1RM. So just to sort of rewind and sort of show that there. So they found that eight sets of 10 at 70% of 1RM will be more fatiguing and have a bigger impact on your strength over the next few days compared to if you did eight sets of three at 90%. Yeah. So just by simply having like a high amount of reps, Mm -hmm. Which, to be honest with you, like if sense, doesn't it really? any of us has done a high amount of high rep training in a single set, we'll just kind of understand that <laughs> from our own experience. I just want to make a point. Though. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that the higher volume there is completely useless, um, and it might be advantageous to maybe place an easier training day, um, maybe one where you don't have to perform at peak strength levels uh, the day after. Or even have a rest day the day after. So you could still do that 8 by 10 at 70% of your RM if you really wanted to. But just be aware that you'd probably want to have a rest day the day after or a, a less fatiguing day the next after. Yeah. And that could be something you do just until you adapt to the volume because you could adapt to that volume. There's no, there's no, there's no reason you can't adapt to that eight sets of 10 at 70%, but you yeah. just might need to give yourself more rest in between sessions until you adapt because it is quite damaging in terms of fatigue mm. if you compared it to, for example, when this paper did eight sets of three. 
is it can actually negatively affect your training frequency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So if you're one of those people where you actually, let's just say you're, let's just say you're like an athlete or you're a trained bodybuilder where you actually need that Goldilocks effect now, you actually need a high amount of sets. You know, you actually need a high amount of volume because your body's so adapted. You actually need that high volume to maintain or make incremental gains. Okay, what are you going to do? You can't just get your 20 sets in mm. in one day or even two days realistically. You're going to need to break that up into frequency throughout the week. So actually you need to do more training days to get a... F- Bear in mind, we're talking about all the other muscle groups here as well, not just legs or chest. We, we've got to remember we've got other muscle groups as well. So actually you need to increase the training frequency. It's going to be hard to add more training days if you're constantly fatigued. Yeah, and some people, they like to train Monday to Friday. You cannot have, yeah. you can't do what I'm saying here about having these lesser sessions or rest days in between. If you're training every day yeah. during the week, it's just not going to work. You're just going to be fucked all the time. Yeah. You're not going to really allow yourself to. But to be fair to this paper, it does kind of really highlight the importance of building up prior to jumping into yeah. something like GVT. Because some people will jump into GVT and think, yeah, it's going to get me massive. But this paper really does highlight that. You need to build up to it. Because if you build up to it, you'll elicit the repeated bout effect, which we've spoke about before. Um, and this will make you know the coming sessions less damaging over time and fatiguing so that you can complete more of you know eight yeah. by ten, whatever, or ten by or ten by ten, whatever. So you can do it. I don't want you to straw Alison saying, Oh, you're just saying GVT is useless, it's all fucking bollocks, you know. But what we're, we're saying is is that most people aren't really ready for it, essentially. Yeah. Because there are there because that, that you can get strength. Like if if I quickly rewind those other papers where it said, um, or this, even this paper here saying about strength gains, you, there was strength gains in the 10 by 10 group. Yeah. Not as much as maybe the, the, <laughs> the other one. The less volume. The less yeah. volume. So you can still gain strength in the 10 by 10 because it was periodized in these papers. It was, if you periodize any sort of strength program, you will, you know, gain strength over time normally. Um, but essentially what seems to be happening here is that too much volume too soon appears to be the issue. Um, and especially in this paper, the subject size, uh, the subject, sorry, age was quite young. It was one mm. year, one year training age, which is not a lot actually when you think about it. And you can make gains pretty rapid as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so one year is not a lot really. So what we're what we're really saying here, it's kind of as a conclusion, is GVT ten by ten. It might impede recovery. I mean, anecdotally, mm. it fucking does impede recovery. So I mean, shit, take the next after, but it might impede recovery and limit muscle adaptations in the short yeah. term. Um, but however, as your training age increases, the amount of volume you can handle could increase so it could be mm. you could get away a bit more but i just looking at the data i just can't see a, a justification for going above five sets of ten i can't personally from my view like people could do whatever they want i don't really care however you know, we do live in a democracy which also as we know is also a society um but yeah like i i find it very hard to justify as well i think uh it's the the, the fatigue ratio compared to you know, the actual benefits you get out of it if you compare it to just like breaking that volume up throughout the week instead and increasing your training frequency if you can, I think that's a lot better. And the thing is, like, even though people can make gains in it, and I'm, not, I'm one of those people where I say, like, look, sometimes optimal isn't always, oh, well, what gives you more in a quicker time span? It's like what you enjoy. So some might say, well, look, the thing that keeps me coming back to the gym is just doing GVT. The Germans. The Germans, yeah, exactly that. That's exactly what I meant. The Germans <laughs> forcing you. At gunpoint with a luger on the back of your neck oh whilst God. wearing a Hugo Boss uniform. Please move this. Um, Please. <laughs> but yeah, where the fuck was I going? Outswits. But yeah, like, um, yeah, <laughs> shit, that's definitely getting edited out. <laughs> fuck, oh. I've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I've completely fucking lost it. Oh, we are getting cancelled. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely getting edited out. Fuck is it, me. Is it though? Is it? I'm quite, I'm quite impressed with that. That was quite quick. No, that was no, quite it's quick. definitely getting edited out. If oh, we the- ever want. <laughs> Guests on here. That's getting edited out. <laughs> We're doing by guests. What the fuck was I talking about? Jewish ones. Um, <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> I've lost it. I've completely fuck, lost I, it. I I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Reca- oh fuck! What was I even saying? Oh, Come that's on. it. Somebody get me on a train. <laughs> the fuck are you? Fucking. Fucking. I'm fucking gone. I'll stop now. I'll stop. Fuck. I'll stop. Oh, I, can't, I can't think about anything else except the fucking train. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
fuck's <laughs> you need to tell he's not gonna be a fucking swastika is it <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking hell what was that saying uh, oh god we're gonna have a reddit right cool Yeah, okay, if uh, GBT is that one thing that keeps them coming back to gym, I understand that. But in the long term, I want you to think about like what's actually going to keep you coming to the gym from a recovery standpoint as well. And something where you're not going to be constantly fatigued that you might increase your injury rate as well. So I'd still do my best. I'm not going to force you, you know, to stop GBT, but I'd rather you didn't. I'd rather you spread that volume throughout the week. And I'd also argument that people are barely recovering from like low volume stuff half the time. Like even their normal training, pe- people rec- recovery is one of the biggest issues that I find with most people. So yeah, if they're if you're, not even, if, you're, if you're not even recovering from like the the basic sort of training stuff, going to like GVT, you're probably not in a position to recover from that. So I think you've just got to be mindful. As we said right at the start, find your baseline, and once you find that you're not really doing much, you're not it's not get, doing anything for you progression wise. Add that twenty percent, add a bit more on. Yeah, and if you if you feel like you're not recovering enough, lower it a little bit. You know, data is a good mm. starting point, but volume is very personalized to you so just experiment with it play around with it do you know what um old army's saying just test and adjust test and adjust yeah exactly that test and adjust if we move on to the next part of the show this is where we're going to look at overall volume so how much you're actually doing overall not just like gvt in a, in a single session um and as we sort of alluded to people will think oh more's better right the more you do the better you're going to be the fitter you're going to be stronger etc etc so what we'll do is we'll look at two papers here uh, and they both essentially say that what we just said there they basically say that more equals better which you think okay great but we're all going to come on to caveats which uh, do echo some earlier points so mm. first up strength and hypertrophy adaptations between low versus high load resistance training a systematic review and major analysis now oh no oh no have you just read what i put in the notes <laughs> oh my god no <laughs> this is i forgot i put this in there <laughs> Oh no, we can't fucking say that. We will get cancelled. Oh. Uh, Brad Schoenfeld, American hero. <laughs> oh, I'm not even gonna. Say, people are gonna be wondering what that what that actually says now. Yeah, you cannot fucking say that. Out I can't there. say Jesus. that. Colour. I would have been able to say it if it made called our previous jokes. We'll get done for libel. Well, the thing is, I really want to say it now. Anyway, this was done by um, Brad Schoenfeld. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh right <laughs> we're out of control god's sake we're getting cancelled right anyway so this major analysis found that performing 10 <laughs> i do apologize listeners we're having a bit of a moment um if you could see what we wrote in the notes here um yeah <laughs> can't believe i wrote that uh, that <laughs> It was just meant to happen. It, it was, was meant, meant to, to happen. Be. I don't even think it's the context for context people. I wrote these notes like three <laughs> three weeks ago. Notes. Three weeks ago, right? And I did the jokes we've been making, the, the ones that are borderline cancelled. These ain't show notes. This is this is mine camp. Right, I need to get this back on track here. Okay, right. So bring this back to this paper. I'll say it again because you've uh, probably forgot what I was on about then. So Two papers that essentially say more volume is better, overall volume, yeah, cool, right. But there are some caveats which we are going to come on to. This first paper, strength and hypertrophy adaptations between low versus high load resistance training, a systematic review and major analysis, and this was by Brad Schoenfeld. Um, and this major analysis found that performing 10 plus sets per muscle, that actually echoes what I said earlier about my video. This major analysis found that performing 10 plus sets per muscle group per week resulted in greater hypertrophy than one to four sets or five to nine. But mm. you've obviously got to be aware that 10 plus is a very broad guideline because fuck me, you can only think. So what we'd really need to do, um, if you just look at that paper, you'd probably think what we need to do is examine volume levels above 10 because 10 is actually that high in volume, really, if you think about it. But we, we need to see more. Bearing in mind, it just showed a trend that people that kind of went for that amount of volume just saw greater gains. It's not saying that anything below that showed zero. It's like, oh, there's a complete cutoff point. Like nothing happens until you hit the magic number 10. It's not the case. You just showed a greater trend. So if you're brand new to the gym, you're a blank canvas. The slightest dash of paint is going to stand out. Mm-hmm. So like, if even if you did like five sets a week, chances are there'll be some kind of growth. Maybe nowhere near as much as doing 10 sets, but you might not be ready but, for 10. Um, you might not be ready for 10. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. 
You know, if you just, this is what we're saying, this paper saying, yeah, 10 plus has had the greatest, but if you just start the gym and you do 10 plus in the week and your body's yeah. in absolute rag, then that doesn't mean it's, you can't be like, well, the data said, no, the, no, no, if you're fucking in shit state, then you need to lower it. So um, that's an example. Uh, but anyway, as I said, we need to see 10 sets plus. Well, lucky for us, Brad strikes again, Tom. He's back in. Um, and he's got- oh, another, American hero. He's, American hero. Yeah, nothing else. Uh, and on this, the paper, this next paper is resistance training volume enhances muscle hypertrophy, but not strength in trained men. Um, and this study basically reported that high volumes were associated with the greatest hypertrophy when you compare to low volumes. And this one looked at a lot more than 10. This study looked at 6 to 9, 18 to 27, and 30 to 45 sets per muscle group. And this counted both isolation and compound exercises for both upper and lower limbs. So yeah. this is a lot more than the previous study. And also to note, guys, this was on trained subjects once again. So mm. if we sort of look at a summary here then, uh, just to wrap it all up here. As always, guys, though, all the show notes for our new listeners here, all the show, uh, all the studies, I should say, will be down in the show notes if you want to have a, a closer look um, at those. But obviously, that's why you listen to this podcast, isn't it? So you don't have to do that. But um, overall, performing 10 to 20 sets per muscle group um, seemed to be the most consistent in results of peak gains in muscle size and strength. Yeah. It's not too far off, basically, what his previous paper said when it was 10+. plus. He just now he's just now got he's now just came up with a, a top end figure as well, uh, which was about yeah. twenty. But once again, people might want to do more. Uh, there's probably some of you out there listening thinking, "Fucking hell, I want to do more." So you, you won't know unless you find out. <laughs> like, and from there, test and adjust. Maybe do less. Maybe do more. Uh, sometimes shit. Maybe not. You know that old meme. Uh, but like, um, that you tried to do a German accent. No, it wasn't me doing a German accent. It's that video, that football, that goes, uh, sometimes it may be shit, sometimes it be good. Oh, right, okay, fucking hell. Yeah, that wasn't a German accent. Sometimes it is shice, <laughs> sometimes it is uh, good. That was right, wasn't it? Mr. Bond. There Mr. you go. There Happy we go, days. love it. What the fuck was I even talking about before I went full on hands there? Oh, that's it, yeah, just test and adjust, basically. See how your recovery is coming along, you know, are you constantly feeling in a state of fatigue, you know, are you actually growing in strength or muscle or whatever your goals are? If 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 and then you can test adjust from there, whether it be lowering or increasing. But Tom, what if I told you you could actually do more than twenty sets per week and potentially see some growth? I would say you're a lunatic. Well, for all you high volume anarchists out there, we've also got another paper here. High resistance training volume enhances muscle thickness in resistance trained men. So this study actually showed that both strength and muscle growth scaled with training volume and continued to improve with really high volumes, 30 plus sets per week. What I'm going to say here is, I'm sure Tom, you'll give me a Tom, is that we should be cautious about performing really high volumes all the time. So doing 30 plus sets per week all the time, especially if we haven't optimized certain things, which we will come onto later in the episode. But yeah. No, I'd agree with that. And that comes down to periodization in day as well. Yeah, because you can, I want to make a point actually, people always think about periodization of like weights and stuff, but you can actually cycle high and low volume. You can't yeah. periodize your volume. There's nothing wrong with that. Like mm. you could do one week, you could do 30 sets plus week. It's like a peak week, for example. Especially if you're an down. athlete. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like if you was an athlete and something, CrossFit games, you know, let's say the CrossFit games was around the corner and it was like a, you know, a couple of weeks away. Actually, I'd reduce your volume because I just want you to maintain. I don't actually want you to like increase that stress and level of fatigue when you've got like the fucking yeah, CrossFit rope games climbs up. coming up, etc. Yeah, for sure. You know, I would just scale it back a little bit and just go into like a maintenance phase. I think so. I, th- I think what I'd say really to summarise the overall volume thing is if you're an experienced lifter and you've plateaued, for example, and all your other factors are optimised, which we're going to come on to, increasing volume might be an appropriate strategy. Yeah. If, you, if you feel like everything else on point, but you're like, I can't go anymore, increasing your volume but could be a gradual, gradual, 20%. Yeah, don't just take the piss out of it. So yeah. I've said plateau a couple of times. So what I want to stress now is, stress, see what I did there. A true plateau is when you are not progressing with your current training program and other things are optimized. And when I say other things, I mean nutrition, sleep, life stress, proximity to failure so how much you're actually going to yeah. that failure point technique so by technique i mean range of motion by the way i don't mean like fucking form i mean like if you're doing back squat and you're saying okay i can't get above 100 kilos um i'm gonna put more volume but your range of motion is only a half squat you probably need to work and yeah. get to that full range to obviously hypertrophy work all those buzzwords um, and other things could be like frequency adherence is also a big one if you're yep. not adhering consistently to your training program, you've not really plateaued. That is a big one. That's actually that. Do you know what? That is actually the 
the, the, the shadow in the darkness, so to speak. Like a, a lot of people don't even consider that. They're like, oh, well, I've always kind of done this volume. I've always done these sets. I've always trained this amount a week. But then they forget that, well, actually, I had two weeks off here, mm. two weeks off there, two weeks off here, all within a very short time period. I've I've had that with clients. Mm-hmm. And I've had to give them like a talking to before. So I left this why things aren't happening because your adherence is so low. Mm-hmm. But it's something that I find that people just, unless they're held accountable, they use like a diary or something, they just don't realize it. Like they go back, they look and they think, oh shit, actually, in total, out of that, those six months of training, technically I've only trained for like four because I was like taking so many weeks off, complete sedentary weeks off. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think. This is where people need to really understand what a true plateau is because that yeah. has only occurred when you've everything, or everything I've just spoke about, everything just Tom said there, because a lot of people basically have this lack of satisfaction with the rate of progress um, mm. or they think, oh, this is too slow. I'm not doing enough. So what they'll do is they'll add more. They'll think, oh, I know. I'm going to add another training day today because I'm not, I'm not getting strong enough. But they've not optimized anything else. So the nutrition's not really, they don't want to, they're, just, they're not monitoring really what they're eating. So they have no fucking idea. They're sleeping shit. They're fucking stressed out to their eyeballs. You know, the, the frequency is fucking all over the place. And then as Tom said, the big one adherence, they're not really following the program properly. So you haven't really plateaued. Um, you're just, you're not satisfied basically with the rate of progress. <laughs> yeah. Have you got anything else to add, Tom, on volume? Um, uh, yeah, I kind of do want to say one thing, but I think this is kind of me just assuming something, but I do know like GVT was heavily popularized amongst the bodybuilding community. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I know like a lot of people say, oh, well, it worked for these guys. Why shouldn't it work for the general public? That's a good anecdote. And I do kind of have to consider like the supplements within the bodybuilding community where they can recover from high amounts of volume very quickly. You know, but I am just... <laughs> I thought you uh, said supplements there. <laughs> to be yeah, fucking. supplements. The old yeah. uh, Capri Sun, the old juice. Yep, the old voodoo shake. No, you're right um, though, because that sort of stuff allows you to recover from high volume. Yeah, exactly. And that is why CrossFit gets a bit of a stick because they do a lot of volume and people look at that and supplements. go yeah well people go how are they fucking recovering from doing this much training and as we spoke about before actually was supplements that, well, yeah maybe not just that but some of the athletes are older you could argue their training age is high so they've adapted to it but the youngsters who are coming through now fuck me they're doing well to recover from this much volume I'll tell you that about that well Bill, what I will say is that I was watching the uh, the different age groups today hmm. so at the time we were recording this it's actually day two Crossfit, of the games, yeah. CrossFit games and this is the first time thanks to yourself Bill that I've actually started watching it and I have to say some of these youngsters in like the anywhere from like the 14 to 17 age bracket of suspiciously very suspiciously muscular for their ages and gender hmm I think that's Tom just being um, bitter that they are fucking they can lift 60 kilos and he can Oh, kids these days. 60, 62 and a half, yeah. sorry, mate. Well, <laughs> oh, that reminds me, Tom. Um, this is a bit of a bit of a spot. Actually, saying that when this episode, this episode comes out, the video will also be out. Uh, you actually make a cameo in my video next week, Tom. Oh dear God! Yeah, unintentionally. It's actually it's it's more of like an people won't know it unless they know. Basically, it's a bit of an Easter egg. Joke's going to be on you when uh, it does get revealed, and, and I'm not even there. Well, to you, to you, I'm there. Yeah, but mate, you PB. But to everyone else, I'm not there. You actually, you actually PB in this video, in the video, though. Yeah, in your imagination, I'm PBing, but actually, the barbell's just moving by itself because I'm your imaginary friend. Your imaginary friend. Well, the funny thing is, mate, in the video, the person who they see is me. I am the same person for both characters, <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like funny. Funny thing is, I did actually. Um, bear in mind, like I've uh, a secret for me, you, and our listeners, but I've not consistently been able to train for a couple of months now. Mm where I'm trying to get my life in order, where I'm uh, going back to full-time PT. But um, I actually did go down to the squat racks the other day where I've not trained a deadlift properly in ages. And I did rip and tear 160 kilos, which isn't a lot. That's good, But considering I've not trained in ages. However, I did have to hitch it a little bit and I did lots of spinal flexion. It was great. It fishing, felt great. Fishing rod, as someone said recently. Oh, yeah. I was fishing rodding like a madman. And you know what? Uh, don't give a shit. In fact, two days later, which... By then was yesterday when I did some Jefferson curls. Felt great. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. Uh, just a final conclusion on this episode before we wrap up for the week. I would say there's a few things you want to think about. I think a lot of it boils down to training age. How long have you been training for? Because you had adaptation. 
Of course, you can adapt to high volumes, but start low, start your baseline, gradually work up that 20% number said. Um, it depends on your training goals as well. If you're training to be a competitive athlete, your volume might have to be higher. If you're just a general gym goer, there's no need to be flirting with these damaging bouts of volume. Um, mm. There's just no need for it really. Um, also, your ability to cover is going to be important to how much volume you do you should yeah. be you shouldn't you should never increase your volume if you're not even recovering properly from the volume you're already doing i mean if as a baseline the training system is already pointing the dial towards rp10 then for, especially for the general public as well mm-hmm. you know already i'm going to be thinking in my head or maybe this isn't such a good idea because it's going to be something that's going to be consistently happening yeah but yeah i'd recommend spreading your volume out throughout the week and if you're, as you said, Bill, earlier on, if you're not seeing any progress after a while and you've got all the other fins in line, all your other ducks are in a row, like your sleep and your stress, etc., your nutrition, your adherence, add 20% of volume and then just see how it goes over time. Or if you're not progressing, you're grinding your wheels, but you know you've been having street shit stress, just fatigue, tired all the time, you might have to take a little mini deload and just reduce fins a little bit. Mm, yeah, yeah for sure. But I just don't think going in as a, 10 times 10, 60 second rest, 60 to 70% of your one rep max intensity, you know, as like a default is really a good idea. I, I, I personally wouldn't recommend it, especially when the goal is longevity, where you want you to be coming back to the gym consistently. Um, okay, guys, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. Oh, uh, just before we go as well, if you do want to see Tom finally PB his deadlift, um, I will leave a link to that video because that video comes out the same day as his podcast. I'll leave a link to that video in the show notes so you can uh, go over there and see Tom finally uh, PB. It, it, it might look Not like... I've seen this. I'm looking forward to this. Can we call it? Yeah, it's not until Monday, is it? Um, so yeah, if, you want, if you want to see that video, check it out down below. Right. I think we'll leave it there. Yeah. Um, any Any closing notes? Like any more German jokes or should we <laughs> no, get sleep right. there Ple- pleasure no. as always we'll uh, no. see you next week bye bye oh, bye, bye. Saying. <laughs> as always thanks for listening so we are nearly at the end of this series and my god has it flown by if you have been enjoying this series we'd be really grateful if you could leave us a review and a rating on your podcast app it only takes you a few moments but it does make a big difference to the growth of this podcast oh and of course tell all your friends all of them we will see you next week same time same place for a brand new episode. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> oh, God. What a whirlwind of an episode. See you next week.